the next episode of Nerd Flicks and Chill will start in three, two, one, zero. Hey everybody, this is Nick. And this is Carrie. And we are Nerd Flicks and Chill, and in this podcast we're gonna talk a little bit about the upcoming Avengers Endgame. We're only a few weeks away, tickets are on sale. Everybody's trying to buy them up unless you are buying them through AMC Theaters, which has turned into a kind of a fiasco today. But uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about our expectations and predictions, a little bit with what we've seen in the trailers. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about Avengers Endgame as kind of a primer for the movie, which is just a few weeks away. Carrie, you are still in Italy, correct? I am. I am in Turin, or Torino, as I call it here. Uh, it's my third and final week in Italy. Awesome. And you're still enjoying your time? I am. I quite literally just got done having what I think has been my favorite pasta dish of my entire three weeks so far. I mean, I still have a couple days left, but this one so far has been the best. It's just, it was pasta and shrimp and tomatoes and olives and capers and almonds just dressed with some olive oil and it was divine and I have a glass of red wine I split a bottle of red with my one of my co-workers and I have a little bit left so uh yeah cheers everybody awesome I also wanted to say as well, if for some reason you hear church bells, which you may hear at any second now, um, I have my window open uh, because even though it's warm outside, it's in the 70s here. um, And of course, during the daytime, the sun comes through the window and it heats up the room and it gets really warm. Even though it's technically not summer, they will not turn on the air conditioning in the hotel. So I have my windows open because if I don't, I'm going to die. So um, there's a church right across uh, the park area um, outside my window. So you you might hear some traffic outside. You might hear some sirens. You might hear some Italian church bells here in just a moment. So nice. uh, if that happens, you'll all be transported to Italy with me. So there we go. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, it beats what you hear on my end of the podcast, which is usually... Either like a barking dog or like a train or like a police <laughs> off a police car or something like that. Yeah. At least you have like something good like Italian church bells. Yeah, we'll see. I mean it's 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 about for we're recording right now, it's about on the hour, so I'm surprised I haven't heard anything yet. Um they do go at nighttime and it's like eleven PM here. I haven't heard them yet, so it's I don't know, maybe they're a little late. I'm not sure. <laughs> So we did a podcast on the first Avengers Endgame trailer, and that's when we had Ed in the uh, studio with us, or whatever you call uh, our podcast recording locations. (laughs) My Um, hotel room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So we did a podcast on that, but since then, we had a second trailer come out, and now, along with the announcement of the tickets going on sale. We had this minute-long look. So how fired up are you for Avengers Endgame? Oh, man. I have to say that the second trailer that came out was the one that really got me. I mean, of course, the the first main trailer that we got was like, oh, that looks really exciting. But there was just something about the second one that just it, it has me even more pumped up than I was. And it has me feeling that I think this movie is going to 
affect me. And and what I mean by that is, you know, when I saw the Infinity War movie and there were so many people that were affected by the end of that movie and I was like, Psh, whatever. I know there's another Spider-Man movie coming out. They're not going to get rid of Black Panther. It's, none of this affects me. But for whatever right. reason, I think it's it's the aftermath. It's It's seeing the repercussions of everything and, and seeing the emotion of everybody that I think this movie is really going to hit me really hard. Yeah. I think that because the trailer what, did. Yeah. What they've done here is really create something special. And I think that, yeah, you know, a lot of us, we approach it with our kind of adult cynicism where it's like, well, there's another Spider-Man movie. And of course, another Black Panther movie. So, like, you know, we think about these things in, in a different context. But, like, I always think about it from the perspective of, like, a kid who is not as tuned in to every bit of yeah. movie news going on yeah. in the world. Like, they just watch Spider-Man disintegrate. How devastating is that? Yeah. Like, that is the kind of thing that will live with a generation of kids that are out there. And I think that sense of stakes from their perspective is what makes Infinity War special and is going to make Endgame special. And I agree with you, that second trailer is killer. You see the, those white suits, not exactly sure what they're for, but uh, they do look similar to like the Hank Pym Quantum Realm suits. Yeah, that's so what I think that, they are. That, that looks like that could be where they're going. And then this trailer that came out today, this minute-long one, uh, I thought it was really great. I, I will say this, though. I think there's a lot of stuff that the Russos are doing here that is designed to throw us kind of off the scent. I think mm. they are digitally manipulating some of the shots that we're seeing in the trailers. They're removing characters from trailers. I think they're doing a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I think it was a conversation that you and I had when we were talking about this, not the most recent trailer, but the one just before that. And um, when it's showing a lot of flashbacks and I think it was I think it was you that said no I don't think that's actually a flashback I think was it you that said that that said I don't think it's a flashback I, I think that we're seeing like another like we're not seeing actual footage from the previous movies like I think we're seeing this is new footage this is a recreation of some things did you say that yeah I did say that it was kind of like one of my one of my kind of crazy like tinfoil theories is that what ah. if those opening images from that trailer were not from those original movies, but they're actually from Avengers Endgame and right. that they are somehow uh, kind of reliving those moments of right. their own history, be it some sort of quantum realm time travel thing or if it's like a memory or flashback kind of thing. I thought that would be interesting. Hmm. But there were a few things in this minute long trailer that have stood out to me and things that are in in some sense giving me more clarity about the direction this film may be going. Okay. But then in another sense, maybe throwing everything through a loop. Hmm. So what I've been able to gather is it looks like there are seemingly two assaults that the Avengers are going to make in this film. It looks like one is right after the events of Infinity War, and then a second one later on down the line. And the only thing I'm going by off of that is the color change of Black Widow's hair. Right. I did notice that. She goes back to red. 
Yeah, and you see the you see the and her the hair's longer. Being, yeah, and you see the blonde kind of growing out. Yeah. So that is being used to indicate potential passage of time because it looks like from the way that second trailer is set up and even we get a glimpse of it today where we have that Thor and Captain Marvel scene. Hmm. Yeah, do you trust me? Not only that, but the end credit scene in in Captain Marvel where she shows up, you know, we still see Black Widow has blonde hair. Steve Rogers still has a beard. So it looks like her arrival is taking place at a certain time. And then in the trailer today, we also see them on a ship flying out, presumably into space or somewhere. And Black Widow still has blonde hair. Right. I mean, well, you would assume that, you know, since the last thing we were left with after Infinity War was her symbol on the pager. So it leads you to believe that she shows up not too terribly long after that. Because you would think that she's going to try and get there as fast as she can. And we do see at the end of Captain Marvel that she's like, okay, where's Nick Fury? You know, so she probably spends some time getting filled in on everything and coming up with a strategy or, you know, whatever. And I, so I, I, that's what makes me believe that when we see her and Thor, she's maybe been there for a little while. And then he, you know, shows, I don't know. I, I, I just have a feeling that's, that's not immediate. It's maybe a little bit of time has passed too. We get a sense of how much time I think actually in the end credit scene of Captain Marvel because the whole gang is back, well, whoever's left is yeah. back at Avengers headquarters, and they're getting a tally of the number of missing mm. in the different, like, countries of the world. Yeah. So we know that's kind of in that immediate aftermath, within those, I guess, those days or weeks that are following. And then Captain Marvel shows up in that scene. But then we, we get those shots in the in the minute-long trailer that came out today of, of her flying them off somewhere. We don't know where. Mm. So it could potentially be that that is one assault. And I'm I'm beginning to wonder if maybe we haven't hit the low yet. Like maybe the snap wasn't the lowest that it gets. Maybe we're going to go a level lower in mm. this movie. Well, I mean, because, yeah, you see, I think there's a, at one point where you see like the silhouettes of like Tony Stark and... um. Well, you see, like Iron Man, Captain Marvel, and Thor, like the three of them, like confronting Thanos. I think it's I think it's Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. Yeah. So you so you see the three of them from behind, in silhouetted, you know, confronting Thanos. But then you know you see later on that they're in their like quantum suits or whatever those are. So it. It leads me to believe, yes, that there's multiple things that are happening. There's multiple attacks or there's multiple waves or something that happens. That there's not just there's it's not going to lead up to just one confrontation. I think there's gonna be multiple chances or there's gonna be multiple tries that they're going I think they're going to fail. They're they're going to try something and it's not going to work. And they're gonna to have to try something else. The other thing that is kind of interesting to me about this is it actually looks like there's an attack on the Avengers headquarters. Mm. And I don't know why that would be. Yeah. And that's part of the fun of this whole puzzle, is kind of understanding how it all fits. That being said, I do believe the Russos are being intentionally misleading. Yeah. With, you know, we know now from that 
uh, second trailer that, uh, or from that first trailer that Tony Stark and Nebula were digitally removed to not spoil the fact that they do make it back to Earth. Right. I am curious as to why they're choosing to keep them out of one trailer and then put them in the other. There are some there are some little games that are being played in the trailers that I think are actually being used to kind of mislead the audience a little bit. Well, wasn't there some shots and such that Captain Marvel even was digitally removed from as well until after the, her movie came out? So, yeah, I mean, you have all those different things at play. Another moment in that new trailer that came out today, the special look, I think they call it, that was interesting to me is when we see Tony Stark and Steve Rogers together, when mm-hmm. we see Tony and Cap kind of make peace, they shake hands. Yeah, that's the one where he says, do you trust me? I got... Yeah. yeah. There's something not right about that scene. Hmm. Like, there's something odd. For one thing, why spoil that in the trailer? Because that's a great character moment. Yeah. Like, you know these characters have to come together, but at the same time, why put that character moment in the trailer? Also... It looks like there is an exceptional passage of time because Tony's hair is very salt and peppery. Yeah. Like his hair is a little bit grayer. There is some age showing on Tony Stark. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, meant to signify a significant passage of time, but Black Widow is not the only one on hair watch in terms of passage of time in these movies. Well, do you think that there's a possibility that we might be seeing alternate universes? I mean, they've already introduced that with the Spider-Verse movie. The possibility of that. I mean, could that maybe be something that we see? Could that maybe be something that they toy with? In this movie, um, as far as reaching out to other universes. Well, here's the thing that you have to understand about what what Marvel's kind of done, right? Like they introduced they 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 introduced their cinematic universe with Iron Man, which is just a regular dude who is a genius who builds an Iron Man suit, right? Mm-hmm. Then they started to get in there with characters like Thor, and they slowly started to introduce more mystical and whimsical elements into this universe. With Doctor Strange, they went full-on magic. Yeah. You know, with Ant-Man, they went with, like, you know, miniaturization and this whole thing about the quantum realm. With Doctor Strange, they've talked about, like, not just magic, but also, like, bending time. So they've kind of gradually opened all of this up to new possibilities in this universe. So I think that's a 100% possibility. I, I I don't know how likely it is, uh, but I do think it's possible. But that, but that could be what we're seeing when we're seeing different instances of, you know, Black Widow's hair is longer and redder or Tony Stark is more gray and they're making peace. And, you know, maybe we're seeing an alternate reality or universe or whatever you want to call it. Maybe. Mm. You know, I mean, we also have a situation where Hawkeye goes from having no tattoos to having a full sleeve of tattoos in this uh, movie. And a really bad haircut. Yeah, well, you know, he's having a little bit of a crisis. We can only <laughs> assume that, we can only assume that, uh, I feel like the very safe assumption is that Hawkeye's family got wiped out. Yeah, and maybe his wife used to cut his hair, and he had to do it himself, and that's why it looks so bad. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> But I think that's that's part of the fun of this. It's a very difficult puzzle to put together. This is not yeah. a, a straightforward case. And I also think it's interesting that we've seen kind of minimum Thanos. 
But you know what, though? How wonderful is that, though? Because how often do we talk about how it's a pet peeve of ours when you see a trailer and it's like, wow, I am fully confident that this scene that you just showed is from the third act. And now I almost don't even need to go see the movie. So they are throwing us red herrings left and right. They're keeping us guessing. They're only showing us slivers. And I think that's wonderful. I don't want to go into this movie knowing what to expect. I have ideas. uh, They're anything but educated guesses. I honestly really have no idea what's going to happen. And I love that. I love that I'm going to go into this movie not knowing what's going to happen. Because so often... We go to the movies and we know exactly what we're going to get. You just need to see how they present it. Right. And you know, I think I think that's a great point because, like I said, I don't know where this is going. I feel mm-hmm. like there's so many different directions that they could go in. It looks like they're going to take multiple cracks at, at bringing down Thanos, but at the same time, it looks like they're going to take a hit as well. I don't know how any of this all plays into, you know, to what's going on because we do have the quantum realm who knows how that's going to be used you know it's 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 a really big puzzle and we're only seeing little pieces plus the russos are kind of throwing um throwing wrenches at us along the way so as to kind of throw us off the course here of trying to track down like what get a beat on what the story is going to be so i think you have that aspect as well plus i i, I remember reading an interview recently with the Russo brothers, they talked about the way that the Empire Strikes Back was marketed, and they wanted to use that similar approach to Avengers Endgame. And they said that there is minimal footage that we've released publicly that ha- that exists outside of the first 15 minutes of the film. Well, yeah, I mean, the movie itself is going to be three hours long. Right, right. You know, and I really do think that they're going to that they have some kind of ace up their sleeve that they haven't even shown. Uh, And it leads me back to that episode that we did do with Ed and his knowledge and kind of what happened in the comics. And now we know that the Marvel movies don't follow the comics faithfully. They kind of take bits and pieces and they take a lot of liberties. But you can kind of see, you know, maybe where it might be going. And and there is something that I have a feeling they might end up doing. And it's going to be like out of left field because they haven't hinted at it at all. And it's something that you and I had talked about even as well, that we thought that there's that there's and you just mentioned it a moment ago that there's going to be something worse. Like there's a possibility that we haven't seen the worst of it. Something there's got to be another stake. It's not, I don't think it's just them going for revenge against Thanos. Cause what are you going to do? You're going to go and like, so then you kill him, And then now what, you know, you, what, where does that leave you? There has to be some other kind of conflict. And, right. uh, one of the things that Ed had mentioned that was from the comics was that, there was this personification of death. And we, I know that we kind of talked about this a little bit, but we've already seen the personification of death. And that was in Thor Ragnarok with Kate Blanchett's character. And I would love to see her come back because I absolutely love Kate Blanchett as that character. I would love for her to come back, for her to be pissed because Thanos basically has just done her job for her. And for her to come back and have her be the threat now. 
And not to say that the Avengers and Thanos are going to team up, but maybe that would be weird. Yeah, Um, I don't want that at all. No, but I I could see... um, And there's a helicopter or something flying right outside my window, if you hear that right now. Um, (laughs) I could see there being some other third element that comes. And I don't know necessarily if it's going to be her. I don't know if... I, I can see that there being some kind of a third element that comes into it. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be her. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, some- that, that could very well be true. Like, there could be some unknown threat that we haven't seen yet. I think that would be an interesting way to kind of cap all of this off. There are a couple things that I would like to see happen in this movie. Uh, one thing that we've talked about, though, and I've said this over and over and over again for anybody that's listened to our show, the reason why the Avengers fail in Infinity War is because they don't work together. They all have their separate plans that they hatch on their own, and they don't work. And ultimately, this is a film about these guys having to work together to stop this threat. And that's that's the thing. And I think we see a little bit of that in that last shot of this new trailer that came out today, where you see Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor kind of walking together together presumably presumably to go and confront Thanos. Right. So I think that's that's part of it. But one thing that I would like to see, I want to see Nebula get her character moment with Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if anybody deserves to kill that bastard, it's her. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody who has been tortured by her father. Yeah. Like she so deserves to get a moment. And I hope she gets it. Yeah. Like, I would love to see that. I would I would totally be cool with that. Um, a couple of other things in the trailer that I thought were interesting is when Nebula comes back, she's holding hands with Rocket, which I think is very sweet. Mm. But also, it's confirmation for Rocket that the rest of the Guardians are gone. Yeah. Because he only knows that Groot's gone. He doesn't know about Gamora. He doesn't know about Quill. And he doesn't mm. know about, you know, any of them. Except for Groot. Drax and Mantis and yeah. Right, right. So I think that's another another kind of layer to it. I think there's going to be really great emotional investment in these characters, which I think is really exciting. Because yeah, one of the, the things... Well, that's what I was saying. is, I mean, just from this trailer, I think this movie is going to affect me so much more than Infinity War did. Yeah, so another another kind of part of this that I love is like the social engagement of it all. Like, I feel like everybody is invested in this. And I don't think we have many things that feel that way anymore. No. And, and you can definitely tell that by the response from when tickets went on sale, you know, oh, yeah. websites have crashed and, you're in a virtual line to try and get tickets for hours and having to refresh. And I mean, I guess luckily I haven't had to deal with any of that because tickets in Bulgaria where I will be when it comes out have not gone on sale yet. So we are eagerly awaiting and have already checked and scoped out theaters. I've confirmed that it will be in English, um, but I, we don't know when tickets go on sale, but I, I've been watching from afar all of the mayhem that's been going on with trying to get tickets. And yeah, I've never seen anything like this before with any other movie. And I think that really speaks to 
the achievement of Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios and kind of what they've put together. Like the fact that everybody is so invested in these characters, you know, everybody's so engaged and and they're, they're excited and they can't wait to see it. And I think what's great about that too is these characters, I mean, yes, they're comic book characters, they're superheroes, they're primarily designed for that hero's journey, which is all about really adolescence. So you could make the argument that these movies are primarily designed for kids, but they capture the imagination of everybody. And I think that is the 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 crowning achievement of what Marvel Studios has done in putting out these movies. They have they have captured and captivated their audience. And the, now the audience is kind of in. They're buying into magic and mysticism and infinity gems and all of these other things. But the the connection is the heroes and the characters and the the camaraderie and the humanity of those characters. And I think that's the great thing about this whole thing. Well, I think one of the crowning achievements is, is not only that, but you know, more specifically, the the chance that they that they took when they did Iron Man, and you know, let's we're gonna have this roadmap of these movies of these characters where not a lot of people knew who Iron Man was when that movie came out. And it wasn't like a Superman or Batman or, you know, these, I guess, mainstream, well-known characters, like Spider-Man or something. They were taking a chance. So they are, are betting on the fact and gambling like crazy that they're going to do these movies and capture more than just the comic book fans that they're going to make these movies accessible to the general public. And that was a huge gamble. And, um, and I don't want to say that it had never been done before because there had been Batman movies, there had been other superhero movies, but not done to this extent. And granted when they did Iron Man, when they had Iron Man one come out, they didn't necessarily have where they are now in their scopes. But I, I I fully believe that I don't know at what point, you know, that they were then thinking bigger picture and, and, and thinking beyond that. Um, but it's just amazing that they were able to capture more than just comic book fans. And dare I say, <laughs> dare I say, that I think this is bigger than Star Wars. You know, when when we were kids and even into, you know, our young adulthood, Star Wars was kind of like the biggest thing. That was, for me anyway, and, and for everybody that I knew, like that was the, the biggest, you know, franchise where you've got the merchandise and you have the movies and it was just, it was everything. And... I think this spans it doesn't span as much as much time as Star Wars did but there's so many more movies so it it's it spans so many more people that have been invested in this and and it shows in with the ticket sales for this because I think it even surpassed any of the Star Wars movies you know, yeah, I think I, if you were to do like a Marvel celebration, like they do Star Wars celebration, I think it would be crazy. Yeah, I think that it, it's it's an interesting comparison, right? I do think that 
this Marvel Cinematic Universe is comparable to the Star Wars phenomenon in a lot of ways. Yeah. Though that being said, um, Star Wars is is still a beast. It is still the the of big the, the big beast. I mean. But the Force Awakens today, and The though. Last Jedi are the two two of the six highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah, so. but for kids today, though, I, I I mean, oh my God, how amazing would it be to be a kid today to have oh, yeah. these newer Star Wars movies and all these Marvel movies and stuff, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I would, I don't know. I would I would bet that they would probably side more with Marvel than with Star Wars. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I but but I also don't necessarily love the idea of pitting things I like against each other. I know. That feels like a very. I feel that feels like a very modern day internet kind of thing. It's a very cheap. Uh, I feel like you can shot. love. You can love. You can love it all. Of course. Oh, and I do, and I totally do. Um, you know, throw in like I said, Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, and I am a happy camper. I love but all of it. What is great? What is great about the MCU though? Now that they've hit that ten year mark, is if you think about it, if you were like. You know, maybe 10, 11, 12, 13 when these started and that was your Iron Man. Now you're, you know, out of college or whatever it is you're doing. You may even be like starting a family and now you're starting to like hand off these movies to, you know, your own kids. There is this kind of, uh, because it's so vast, because there are so many films, there is this kind of generational handoff that people can start to do, which I think is going to be very cool moving forward. And we keep waiting for this superhero bubble to burst, and it doesn't. And that's that's pretty remarkable. I think that says a lot about who we are socially, like as people, like what stories we yearn for. And I think a lot of that has to do with the um, negativity that we see in the news, that we we long for heroes. And I think that these movies fill that need. Oh, yeah. I mean, very much so. I think... When Iron Man came out, we were definitely in dire need of that as well. And we are right now with the way things are going. And um, it's it's a perfect form of escapism right now. Yeah, I agree. And people people need it. Escapism is important. You know, I feel like the only time escapism ever gets bad is when you obsess over it. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I feel like escapism is important. And I think that social, the, the social climate dictates a lot of the art that comes out. Whatever time period it is, whatever's going on socially influences the art that gets created. Whether it was plays or novels or movies or whatever it is, they're always kind of an answer to... Um, the the social issues of that time and i feel like when when society has kind of a downturn that's when you have more aspirational things that are perpetuated by the art if that makes sense right and when things are going really well is when you have all of the disaster movies and (laughs) the doom and gloom ones it's like it's like almost the exact opposite to what's going on but i remember it it was probably like two years ago uh, it's so weird to talk about this podcast thinking in, in terms of years now. Um, but I remember we were looking on to, I don't know if it was 2016 or 2017, that we were looking forward to 
the movies that were coming out that year and there were so many superhero movies not just from Marvel but from DC we were we were getting a, a lot just across the board and it was like okay this year is going to be the litmus test this is going to we're going to find out if this stuff is still going to fly because you know we would get like maybe one Marvel movie a year and you know maybe a DC movie once in a while but um all of a sudden it was like, yeah, we're getting like four or five, you know, superhero movies in one year. It's crazy. And yeah, obviously now heading into Endgame, we can't get enough because we're crashing websites and we are selling out multiple theaters. And, you know, just as you said, it's like this bubble has nowhere close to bursting at all. Right. Yeah. And I think it's because of that, because everything seems to, be more and more doom and gloom around us and we are really really hungry and thirsty for escapism and a hero and i think uh yeah it's very telling yeah and i mean it's not just the mcu like it is star wars still it is game of thrones to a certain extent because we're starting to see heroes emerging in that show as well so i think there is this kind of like desire among people among uh, us for these stories to give a little bit of hope and give a little bit of inspiration. And I think that's kind of one of the cool things. I think like, I love the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. I love it. I love all three of those movies. Um, but they're also like, they're all like the dark and gritty thing. And then I feel like we became obsessed with dark and gritty and realism in our superhero movies. But what Marvel did was kind of shift the landscape a little bit mm-hmm. and went for things that are a little bit more uh, lighthearted, I guess. You know, things are a little more humorous and throwing the characters in their costumes, uh, you know, for the most part. And now that they've kind of built it up, they've now thrown this Infinity War, you know, Thanos snap at us that's devastated this world that they've created. And I think that has also created a a sense of of drama that works the same way that it does if you had a, a gritty, realistic superhero film. There are different approaches to tell those kind of stories. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what we are all looking forward to is... Not, I mean, we're not necessarily looking forward to all of our heroes hitting rock bottom, but you're looking forward to that climb back up. You right. know, you have to... You have to hit rock bottom to really appreciate that climb back up even more. So, yes, I am with you in my prediction as to what we get in Endgame is that I think it's going to go even lower. And then we're going to see them climb up even higher afterwards. And I do, I I guess I might be jumping ahead a little bit talking about um, predictions and such again, but... I think it's going to be kind of like a George R.R. R. Martin type thing where, and what I mean by that is all this time when he talks about Game of Thrones, he always says it's going to be bittersweet. It's going to be bittersweet ending. And I think with this, we are going to have a bittersweet ending as well. I, but, but I think it's, it's, I think it's going to be like the highest of highs, but yet it's going to be bittersweet. It's not going to be all glory. I think there's going to be, some sadness in there too. Yeah, it'll come at a cost. Yeah. It'll come at a cost. And we've seen the the image in the trailers of 
when that at the end of the trailers when that Avengers egg it comes together it's coming together from like broken pieces mm-hmm. and it's putting those broken pieces back together and as much as that logo is kind of showing those broken pieces it's never a whole logo there's still cracks and i think that is emblematic of what we're going to see in this film it's they, they may put things back together but they won't put them back together the same um and there there's probably going to be a, a human cost for it Yes, yeah, so there will be a crack in the shape of Tony Stark. You're right. And I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I still think one of my favorite, like, fan theories is the one that Kevin Smith put out there. Like, if they do end up killing Tony Stark, uh, that they keep Tony Stark around as either, like, the voice of the Iron Man suit moving forward. That would or be they, awesome. Like, they, they, yeah, they keep Robert Downey Jr. involved that way. Uh, yeah. Or, like, he becomes the voice in, like, Peter Parker's suit. Oh, that, that would be, be cool, kind of cool. Yeah. It's still one of my favorites. I actually do think that this will be Captain America and Tony Stark bowing out together. I think, yeah. I don't think either of those two will make it out alive. Well, I used to think that, but the the romantic in me would like to believe that Captain America, I, I really would like to see him go either into another dimension or back in time and to be with Agent Carter somehow in another dimension that, or listen, back in time. I don't want I, these characters to die. I, 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 I can totally get down on, on what you're saying there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hawkeye, he can go. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I'm good. With, you I'm really good don't Hawkeye. like him, do you? <laughs> I just don't care much about him. I thought they did a great job of kind of humanizing Not even him even as Ronan? In, in Age of Ultron. Yeah. But I just, I'm not super invested in that character. Yeah. Well, I thought we were going to lose him. I thought we were going to lose him a couple movies ago. The way that he had his own little vignette with his family and, you know, bathed in sunlight in their perfect little country home. I'm like, yeah, he's gone. (laughs) He wasn't. So it was a very strange thing that didn't happen. There is one, one thing that I really want from this movie, aside from Nebula having her moment with Thanos um I want the entire roster of Marvel superheroes in one shot together yeah that would be awesome I I want them all together suited up ready to go yeah that's what I want that to me would be awesome because I feel like the expectations for this film are very high yeah and I feel like they're being very secretive with this stuff and they know how high the expectations are going to be mm-hmm. and they know they have to do something just beyond epic. What is the most massive thing that they can do? And I think throwing all of the Marvel heroes on screen together at the same time would be awesome. Yeah. I don't know if that'll happen, but it is something that I would love to see. I have a question for you and this is totally out of left field. How did you feel about the single character one sheets that came out, the ones that were in black and white, the ones that were in color, Avenge the Fallen, it says across each of them. And that's how we found out that Shuri did not survive the snap. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. My hope for Shuri was that she has been like taking up the mantle as Black Panther. That would be amazing. 
that's what I would have wanted to see. Yeah. So to find out that she got snapped away, that was that was a very that was a very heartbreaking thing for me. I know. I know how much you liked her. I know she's a great character. Mm-hmm, I agree. Uh, so, but those one sheets are a really cool idea. It's a cool way to kind of like do a little bit of storytelling in your marketing. Yeah. Which I really like. Uh, but again, you always have to be careful with what these guys are are throwing at you. And it's also just crazy to think how far the Russo brothers have come from uh, doing episodes of Arrested Development. <laughs> it's, it's so unbelievable. Actually, no. This is what I want to see. I want to see Captain America driving the Bluth stair car <laughs> with Thor on top with, like, Stormbreaker and, like, a bunch of the other Marvel heroes on the stairs as hop-ons. I just want to see them all give their um, impression of a chicken. Yeah, let them all do the chicken dance. <laughs> that would be amazing. And have Nebula say, I just blew myself. Exactly, yes. <laughs> have her, like, put Nebula in, like, in like cut-off jean shorts. Yes, never nude. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be Neba nude. <laughs> oh, I, I would love... such a stupid joke. It was awful, but I absolutely loved it. <laughs> This I would not be surprised if something like that popped up in, uh, uh, I don't know, and rap, uh, yeah. cast rap party movie or something. I don't know why I couldn't get that out of my mouth, but there you go. But I think my favorite thing about this whole time period leading up to this movie is that I really don't know what's going to happen. And I've tried to get my head around a few things. And, like, we've talked about, like, a couple of different things that we think might happen. But, honestly, I have no idea. Everything yeah, we've seen either. in the trailer could happen in the first ten minutes, for all I know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I have – well, we and everybody else has ideas of what we think is going to happen. But right. I had no idea. Because, to me, I have more questions than answers. Like, Yeah. Like, have we seen anything from the third act? I hope not. What are we seeing in New York? Because it looks like it looks like Tony Stark is talking to Steve Rogers in New York. He actually flies what looks like he's above Avengers Tower, the Stark Tower, but mm. Stark Tower's not there anymore. That was part of another Spider-Man Homecoming. Was that they were well that they were like bailing everything out. They were getting all the stuff out of Stark Tower. I don't know. Another universe. So, I another don't know, realm. Like, there's all of those different things that are kind of popping up, and I think that's the fun part. Like, my bigger questions are, like, are they going to try to attack Thanos right away? Maybe Do they attack him and win, maybe? Hmm. Uh, or, like, or who the hell would attack Avengers headquarters after the snap? That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. So it's just all these little things that I keep having questions about. I don't have any good rational answers for all of them, yeah. and I like that. I like... I like still not being able to figure it out. I also like the fact that they are not trying to trim the movie down. They're like, no, it's going to be three hours. You're going to have to deal with it. And it kind of made me laugh that there are so many people that are kind of freaking out that it's three hours. Like, oh, my gosh, I have to, you know, use the run P app or, you know, whatever it is that you can find out what is a good point to, you know, go to the bathroom. And I remember... You know, back in my day when movies like always were almost three hours, that like, there was a period of time where it seemed like all the major movies that came out were all like close to or just over three hours. And 
and then they like really peeled back from that and went back to movies being like 90 minutes long, an hour and a half, close to two hours. And yeah, I love the fact that they're like, no, we're giving you a full epic three hour movie. And I am so excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I really hope that that they like I I almost have no doubt that the movie's going to be good. I think it's going to be great. I hope they just go for it though. I yeah. really hope that they go for it. I think that um I think Chris Hemsworth a year a year ago after Infinity War came out talked about how like how this was go- this last Avengers film for this uh phase for these original 6 Avengers is going to blow everybody's minds. And I, I really hope that's true. I want this to be something way out of left field. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to go for it and just have fun and tell a kick-ass superhero story that just raises people's hopes and aspirations. And that's that's what I want to see. Yeah. I have a very good feeling that that's exactly what we're going to get. I think it's going to be a massive roller coaster ride. I think it's going to tug at our heartstrings. I think it's going to make us cheer. I think it's going to make us sad, make us angry. I think we're going to run the gamut. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to feel everything in this movie. And I am so like, part of me is like, I am so ready for this. And then another part of me is like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. (laughs) You know, it's the same feeling you have when you get in line for a roller coaster and you're like, Oh God, what am I doing? Oh, I think I'm in line for the front row. I, uh, I'm scared, but I'm so excited. You know, this is, I, I think it's going to be a crazy wild ride. And I think, you know, not only are we seeing, you know, first opening day ticket sales go crazy, but I think this is going to be something that might sustain for a while because I have a feeling that this is a movie that people are going to want to go and see more than once. Because I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in it. And I think, you know, people are going to want to process it and then go, let's go see it again because I, I need to yeah. process it again. I need to really see this again because at first my mind was just blown and I couldn't even focus on it. Now I need to go and see right. it again. I have a fully believe that that's what's going to happen. Well, it's going to make a ton of money. It's oh, of course. Make it already a has. Ton of money because I think a lot of people are going to want to see it opening weekend. Yeah. Um, to avoid know, if spoilers. You, if you follow yeah. like, if you're interested in like box office numbers and that kind of stuff, it'll make a lot of money. I don't know if it will do what like The Force Awakens did just because it's a three hour movie and The Force Awakens is like a two hour and 10 minute movie. So like the more, yeah. the longer the movie, the less showings that you can kind of squeeze in in a day. But it's going to make a ton of money. And I think everybody's going to want to see it that opening weekend. They're not going to want to linger. They've been salivating for it for a year. Yeah. So I think, I think this is going to be a film. That's gonna have long legs at the box office as well. So it's gonna it's gonna be a part of everybody's lives for a while. But that's great. That's great. Like we should have a world where people are excited about these movies. We should have people kind of fired up to go to the theaters and and to kind of all be part of this great conversation going on about these like ridiculous characters. It's well, so much fun. Well, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, we have. How many movies leading up to this one? 20? When you're mm-hmm. 20 movies invested in it? Yeah, you expect, you know, your expectations are really high. And so far, I would say the vast majority of Marvel movies that have come out have met those expectations. There's a couple here and there that I think people would debate on. But overwhelmingly, 
the majority of those 20 movies, I think people are incredibly positive about. And yeah, I mean, not to say that this is by any means the end of the Marvel Universe. It's not. We know there's more beyond this, but it's kind of like the culmination of, you know, the originals and everything is, is coming to this point. And so, yes, because right. of that and because of the time and everything that's been invested into it, yeah, you expect – expectations are going to be incredibly high. And I have nothing but the utmost confidence that it's going to be met. And I right. cannot wait. Yeah, and then, you know, after this Avengers series wraps up with these core Avengers, these original six, they're going to be able to hand that off now to characters like Black Panther and Captain Marvel and the Guardians of the Galaxy, who now have James Gunn back directing their third movie. I'm so happy about that. Uh, Me too. Me too. That was all one big ruse while the merger was going through. I I firmly believe that James Gunn knew the entire time that he was going to get hired back. Hmm. Well, and then think- we also we also have the um, the one off series that are going to be happening on the Disney streaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, and we know that Loki and Scarlet Witch are getting shows. Also, heard some really cool stuff that they're going to do a what if Marvel series. What? What does that mean? So based off of like the what if comics, like you know, what if the X-Men died on their first mission or like hmm. these kind of like alternate universe. What if kind somebody of made a good Fantastic Four movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but the merger too, that's also next generation of yeah. MCU characters. Cause now you've got the Fantastic Four that they can dip back into and you've Please. got, you know, yeah, you've got the yeah. X-Men that they can, mm-hmm. that they can kind of, utilize as well so they're gonna eventually work those characters all in you're gonna probably see all new stuff for those characters which would be super exciting this is just gonna keep going on and on and on which is gonna be great yeah i'm fully on board all right so we're just a few weeks away i can't wait to see it all right so you guys have heard our thoughts on avengers endgame and some of our predictions thoughts speculation whatever you want to call it but we'd like to hear your thoughts as well so hit us up on facebook and twitter at Nerdflix Chill. You can also listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you are listening, go ahead and throw us a five-star review if you are listening on one of those platforms. You can also find all of our new episodes at lrmonline.com, where you can also find some other really great podcasts like Los Fanboys, LRM TV, and The Comic Source. So a lot of great options for you there. Wanted to thank all of you guys for listening. Until next time, may the forest be with you because the night is dark and full of terrors. 